0: is good, everyone. This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. I'm super excited. I have a very, very dynamic individual. He's gone through a lot in his life. He's going to share that with us here today and talk about his journey and where, how, where he came from to where he's at as right now. He's an author, a passionate storyteller, and also a very big entrepreneur, (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. This is my first episode since I had a life-changing event happen this past week. So bear with me as we get rolling here with Nate. Please welcome Nate Dukes to the show. Nate, thank you for so much for joining us. Please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background.
1: Hey, my name is Nate Dukes. And listen, I will tell you, Dan, I have listened to so many episodes of this show, and I am just blown away by what you're doing. I think this is an incredible show. If you're listening to this right now, you're in the exact right place that you need to be. Um, She's an amazing host. And so I'm super thankful to be on the other side of it now, actually sitting and being a guest here. Um, but yeah, so uh, right now, uh, I've, uh, I've been working on a passion project of mine for the last 18 months. Um, and it's for people who feel like their life is too messy to change, who feel like um, maybe they don't have a vision for the future, or maybe they know that there's something inside of them, but I don't know how to go to that next level. And really, um, it, There's things that you can do. There's principles that you can put in place to start from the bottom to create your own version of a comeback and prove a lot of those negative voices wrong. And it's a, it's a book that I've been writing. It's called You'll Never Change. Um, it came out June 1st. Uh, it went to number one in Amazon and its categories, which was an amazing experience for me. Um, I've been on this podcast tour where I've been on several shows and I've gotten to meet some incredible people um, just like this person uh, uh, right next to me. And, uh, and I'm just blown away. You know, I'm just a chubby kid from Ohio. And this has been a very humbling experience. For me, but I'm super thankful to be here. And really, my life now isn't so much about chasing success. It was very much in my early 20s. I just wanted to build something. I wanted to feel significant, and inherently, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it left me very empty. And so now, I am more interested in creating impact and seeing other people's lives changed. And for me, that's been much more fulfilling on the back end of it.
0: I love that. And so let's kind of. Um... Rewind a little bit you, and you talk about people that maybe have gone through, a, they're going through a mess in their life and they don't feel like they're able to clean it up. And that's why you, you wrote this book, because you kind of had a little bit of a messy life before you got to where you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, growing up, we were the poor family. We didn't have a whole lot. And uh, when I turned 18, I wanted to escape the chaos of my childhood. And so I just thought to myself, the easiest thing to do would be to to go to college. But the problem was, is I took on a massive amount of student loan debt and I I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, But instead of trying to better myself, I actually found myself being drawn into the party scene. that's where I got introduced to drugs and alcohol for the very first time. And I'll tell you, I had a really, really good time. Um, But what I found is that what feels good in the moment isn't always good for your future. And and so uh, I, after four years, I managed to come nowhere close to getting a degree. Um, but uh, I did. I, I had to move back in with my mom and dad, which was the real walk of shame, by the way. I don't know if anybody's ever had to take a walk of shame before. Um, but it, moving back in with my parents, it was tough for me. It was very humbling. Um, I had a lot of ego at that point in my life. Sure. Yeah. And um, through a series of events, I was actually, I was I was hungry, man. There was this entrepreneurial spirit inside of me that said, Because I didn't like the way that I grew up, I I wanted to create a different life for myself. Uh, But I'll be honest with you, I didn't have really healthy strategies in place, but I pushed forward and I started my own marketing company. And I, I did a lot of social media work for small businesses. We were doing logos, websites, really trying to help people brand themselves. And you hear these stories of these young hotshot kids who drop out of college, they start some kind of tech company and they blow up. Um, that is not my story at all. didn't I just, I just did. Okay. It was, it was very average. Um, truth be told, I didn't have a whole lot of mentors in my life at that time. So there was no guidance. There's no people helping me along the way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I wasn't open to it, uh, but what it did do is it opened uh, an opportunity for me to start my own bar and restaurant with a business partner who approached me and said, I have this really great idea. And uh, this touched on two areas for me. Touched on the business owner, that entrepreneur that was inside of me. Sure. But it also touched on this party lifestyle that yeah. I'd really fallen in love with. And how, so, how
0: old were you at that time?
1: Yeah. So I was 25, turning oh, 26. God. So you were the playa
0: player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at least that's what I was trying to be. That's yeah. the persona that I wanted yeah. to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we took a, what was a failing business in the beginning and we turned it around into something that was actually really successful over the course of two years. And so now I've got access to more money than I've ever seen in my life. Um, now, this wasn't a crazy amount of money. This wasn't like a life changing. Everything's going to be different. Right. Amount of okay. money. But I did have a really great car.
0: Yeah. I
1: had a beautiful apartment in downtown with high-rise ceilings. Um, I was in social settings that I would have never had access to before. And I thought that once I got all of this stuff, yeah. that I would finally be happy. And um, I wasn't. I was still very broken and empty on the inside. And I started to try and fill all of that with different things that I thought was going to make me happy. That's when the drug addiction really started to ramp up. And now I'm hiding this drug addiction from people because I have this persona that I have to put on of business owner.
0: Can you share what kind of drugs that you were taking?
1: Yeah. So it started out with, um, in college, I was taking prescription ADD medication just to, just to try and uh, keep up with my studies. And that made me feel like Superman and I was hyper-focused and I could pay attention. I could, I could, I could be productive. And then the problem is when that started to wear off, uh, it was tough to sleep. So I started taking, um, uh, anxiety medication to try and get some sleep. I was taking Xanax and then, um, to, then there was headaches. And so I started taking pain pills for that and whatever, whatever pain pills I can get my hands on. And really here's what the problem was. I was trying to figure out what's the right cocktail. What's the right, what, what am I going to find? That's going to finally make me feel okay. Yeah. That's what it was. It was I was still I was broken. I was empty on the inside. And I didn't like the way that I felt. And I just wanted to change that.
0: Self-medicating. Yeah. I've been there. Been there. I used to I used to pop the pills. I it used to be a joke, like bean me up. You used to call them beans. Like, yeah, give me yep. a couple beans. Like <laughs> you know, that got old though after a while. Just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs>
1: Well, unfortunately for me, it actually started to destroy me because it was changing the chemistry in my brain. It was changing the decisions that I was making. And no longer was it about building a business or being successful or taking care of a family. It was, how do I just make sure that I sustain this feeling? That became the number one priority. I only want to feel nothing all of the time, um, and uh, once once the stuff didn't fulfill me and then once the uh, the drugs weren't fulfilling me, I started going to casinos and I started to gamble, trying to just chase that next high. And um, I'll tell you, uh, I wasn't even addicted to the money anymore. It wasn't even the, 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 the opportunity to win. It was the ups and the downs. It was the yeah. adrenaline rush that I would get every single time that I went. And over the course of a year, i ended up I ended up really gambling most of my personal um possessions away. So I ended up losing my car. My bank accounts were drained. But even though my accounts were empty, the business bank accounts, they were still full.
0: yeah, well, that's good.
1: Well, so the problem was, is I started to move things around and I started to take money off of the top. And, um, and you know, I thought at the time in my life, well, geez, aren't I the business owner? Isn't this my money anyways? Well, here's the problem. You can't take business money and use it for personal investments, especially when you're at that level.
0: Yeah. That's
1: actually called embezzlement. And so here I am taking money from my business to feed this drug and gambling addiction. And we had several employees who worked for us and um, it was payday. My business partner comes up to me and he says, Nate, it's time to write the checks for everyone. And I just came clean in that moment. And I said, hey, if we write these, there's not going to be enough money in the accounts to cover them you could see the look on his face. He was frustrated. He was upset. He was confused. He realized that I'd taken the payroll money the night before and I had gambled it all away.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And uh, in that moment, he gave me an ultimatum. He said, You can either sign this business over to me and walk away from it free and clear, or I'm going to get lawyers involved and I'm going to press charges. And so, you know, at 26, 27 years old, um, I didn't know who I was anymore because my business had been ripped away from me and I, yeah. I walked away from it altogether. And I moved back in with my mom and dad again, and I could hardly hold down a job. Uh, I was walking around my parents' apartment complex and I was just trying to figure out what am I going to do next. And, uh, um, I ended up getting a job as a server at a local restaurant, and uh, I would revert back to what I knew, which was taking from the cash register. So I'd get caught for that, and then i get fired from the job. Oh. And uh, finally, the last time that I got fired, um, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd just taken a handful of pills, and I was walking around to different vehicles trying to see if they were unlocked, if any of them wow. were open. And I ended up opening up the car door to a 1999 Buick LeSabre. And I pulled out the center console. I found the spare keys to that car. Apparently, that's where you keep the spare keys to a '99 Buick Saber. And uh, I thought to myself in that moment, maybe this is a chance to run away. Maybe this is a chance to just get away from my problems. I didn't wake up that morning thinking to myself, "Today's the day that I'm going to steal a car." But when you find yourself in the wrong place with the wrong headspace, you never really know what is possible. And so uh, I loaded up five garbage bags of clothes. And I I headed for Houston, Texas. I knew that I had a friend down there that said, if you ever find a way to get down here, I'll help you get on your feet. And so uh, I I made it halfway right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I pulled into a gas station in a small town uh, called Ashland City. And I'd been up for three days at this point. And I just just wanted to get some sleep. And I just wanted to get some sleep. And uh, I closed my eyes and I was woken up at 9 a.m. to three really loud bangs. On the driver's side window, and a stranger's hand reached in, pulled me out of the car, put me in handcuffs, and sat me in the back of a cop car. And the weight of every decision that I had ever made sat on my chest like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And uh, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, it was a, the same thought that my business partner told me. It was the same thing that other people that I had taken advantage of told me. But I found that the, the loudest voices are oftentimes the ones that are in our own head. Yeah, and it, sure. it kept saying, "You'll never change. This is who you are now." And so, they took me to Cheatham County Jail, where I spent six months of my life. Uh, it was a pod-style facility, so I shared it with eighteen guys. So there was um, nine bunk, be- there was eight bunk beds. There were uh, three tables. Um, there was two restrooms, but there were zero windows. And the only chance that we got to get out was once a month. They offered something called church service. Now I was listen, I wasn't interested in going to church, but I, I was interested in, in getting out of that pod. Yeah. And so we walked down this long cinder block hallway. Off the left hand side, there was um 16 folding chairs set up in this room. And we were some ugly looking dudes at this point. Our hair was grown out, our beards were a mess. Orange, it, it's, it's not it's funny, not, but it's, <laughs> it, it's not a great color on any man. It really no. isn't. Um, and so we we walk in, and this really, really old guy walks in and he pulls out this really, really old guitar. And as he's tuning it up, he looks at us and he says, Fellas, the only difference between me and you is that I never got caught. And he starts to sing a song, Amazing Grace. And it goes, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I look around this room and I see. You know, I see these guys who are criminals who have hurting people with tears just streaming down their face. And I just remember thinking to myself in that moment, if it's possible to change, I want to, because this is not the life that I want to live anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't want to come back to this place. I don't want to be a recycled part of this system. Yeah. And so uh, when I got out, they gave me two years of felony probation because you're not allowed to steal cars and drive them across the country. I learned yeah. that the hard way. <laughs> um, I would think not. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I was able to transfer that probation back to Ohio. And I really got obsessed with how do you create substantial change in your life? Because I tried to change before. And for whatever reason, it, it just never worked out. Sure. And I, I got a hold of a John Maxwell book that said, if you want your world to change, if you want your life to change, you've gotta be the one that changes first. Yep. And I really took that to heart and I got obsessed with personal development. How do I become the best version of myself? How do I create a vision for my future? How do I become the best version of me emotionally and mentally and heal from some of the trauma that I I was exposed to, but the the trauma that I had produced in other people's lives? How do I become the best version of me uh, physically? I really got a hold of my health. How do I become the best version of me financially? Because I I had some strategies, but I, I had broken a lot of them. I'd broken my finances in the past. How do I repair that damage? Sure. Um, I wanted to become the best version of me in my personal relationships. I was, you know, with my parents, I was a son that really let their parents down. I, you know, I had brothers and sisters. I had people that I had taken advantage of. Now I've got to repair those relationships. Yeah. And I, I, in my head, I thought this is going to be a year long process. I'm going to take one year and I'm going to become the best me. And my whole life is going to change. And, uh, you know, maybe it was a little naive at that point, but I, I thought to myself, I can always go back. Yeah. I can always go back to making negative decisions, but what could one year of my life look like if I just made some really good choices? Right. And I'll tell you, it's been several, several years since that point, and I'm I'm still not done. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But now my life looks very different than what it used to. So and, you know, I got married last year to the love of my life. Her name's Jenna. She's absolutely amazing. Um, we bought our first investment property. And so we're actually looking at acquiring a second one here very shortly, um, I'm super excited for that. You know, I, I've sat on the board of a nonprofit for underprivileged youth. Um, I get to lead hundreds of volunteers at my local church every single week. Um, and this, this book just came out and I've developed a whole coaching business around it. And so it's been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's been, I'm blown away to be honest with you, but it, it's not because I'm so good, but it's, it's because I finally surrendered and I finally got some good, healthy strategies in my life that said, it's not about me, Nate. It's not about how great I can be, but it's how can I help other people become great.
0: Yeah. Wow. Woo! (laughs) Talk about holy cow, like I just went on a roller coaster ride with you. Woo! (laughs) That is an incredible story. I think that it's incredible. Like that just could totally just touched my heart. You know, I can relate to a lot of that. I I would I went through a lot, some hard times myself, and I feel like that journey of, you know, of, of just self-improvement is never ending. You yes. Know, there's you, We're never gonna be the best that we can be because we always gotta keep trying to become better every day, you know right. what I mean? And, and sometimes we do have some setbacks, you know, maybe like a little fly off the handle
1: moment. <laughs> Yeah. None of us are immune to them.
0: Yeah. And so then you just got to pick the the pieces back up and just keep, keep moving forward. So what a beautiful story. Um, so what, what inspired you to write the book?
1: Yeah. So they say a good book is the conversation that you have over and over and over again. And one of the big questions that I get asked all of the time is Nate, how do I create my own comeback? And, um, I've really broken it down into a system that I I really walk people through is that the first thing that you have to do um, before we even get started on creating a system, you have to have a belief in yourself. It's a lot of mindset shifts that we need to make in people that says, yes, I can change. It is possible. A new life is available to me, even if I don't see it right now. And so that's numero uno. That's number one. We have to really work on the belief system of somebody. But then after that, Um, We have to talk about what is a vision for our future look like, Um, because if you ask people this question, hey, what do you want your life to look like? Um, Most people, because we've never thought about it, they'll give you very generic answers. They'll say things like, well, I I just want to be happy or um, I just want my kids to be taken care of or I want the bills to be paid. And inherently, there is nothing wrong with that. Right but it's not specific enough. And so we need to really start to break down of what do I want my legacy to look like? Um, What do I want people to say about me when I walk out of the room? I mean, if we want to get specific, what kind of financial situation do I want to be in? What kind of revenue do I want to generate? Um, What do I want to pass down to my children? What do I want my interpersonal relationships to look like? Do I want them to be life-giving or life-draining?
0: Thanksgiving all the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so, once we get crystal clear, we can start to reverse engineer some of this stuff. Right. Um. It's like this: if you want to go to an airport right now and you want to fly on an airplane, they will gladly sell you a ticket. But the question then becomes: Is it anywhere that I actually want to go?
0: Right.
1: And so, until we take control of our futures, there will always be somebody to come around that gives you the idea and plan of what your life should look like. Yeah. Um, so vision is number one. Uh, the next thing that we need to do is we need to start making the right decisions that line up with our vision. So contrary to popular belief, the things we do every day matter. Yeah. Your decisions can determine your destiny. And so I, I don't want us to buy into the fact that we should have known all of the right answers, but I do want you to understand that, hey, the choices that I make can make a big impact on my life. Yeah. So you have a vision you add your decisions. And then here's the hardest part. And I wish I had a life hack for this. Um, I just haven't figured it out yet, but you have to multiply all of it by time. And the hardest four letter word any of us are ever going to hear is wait. And so maybe you have a vision, maybe you've been making the right decision and it's been working, but you don't feel like you're you're where you should be really just press in and give this a little bit more time Just say, Hey, I'm in this for the long haul. And then you watch as over time, little decisions over a long period of time, create massive results. And that my friends is how you create your own comeback. And so my heart now is to help other people create their own comeback story. So that's why I wrote this book. It's a combination of my story, the things that I've gone through, but also the principles that I've used. And this is, listen, this is not like stuff that I came up with. This is this is wisdom that I recognized in other people, and I just understood that I can apply it to my life to make some real changes.
0: So, you, so what I what I'm hearing you say is that you um, kind of took the, those with that wisdom and applied it to how you made that change in your life. So that someone can kind of understand what that looks like from, from like a real world experience.
1: Well, yeah, and absolutely. And if you're listening to this right now, this may be brand new information to you. You, Maybe you've never heard this before, but maybe for some of you, this is just a reminder of something that you already know. And we're just bringing that to the surface and we're saying, okay, we're going to tap into the greatness that was already inside of you this whole time.
0: Yeah, I love that, and you know, and so I love I love my podcast so much. Talking to people like yourself, and you know, I just feel like we're the us group of people, this community, and the people I talk to that are like you, so dynamic, and that have tapped into this power and putting this positivity out there. There is such a movement behind yes. behind this in that our world is so hungry and desperate for these positive changes that we are uh, we are doing we i think we're doing what we were called to do you know absolutely I mean? and it's just and it's so, just so important to keep putting that out there and just reminding people that there is greatness in them and that you can overcome we all have our story and there's an audience out there for everyone. So yeah. you know, I highly encourage you once you figure out what your story is, that once you start sharing that, like that's just going to completely change your world as well.
1: Well, yeah, and absolutely. And I've found that once you get the right voices in your life, yeah, you can start to make the right choices in your life, and so we want to be—we want to start to take some personal control of the information that we're letting inside of us. If you're constantly being bombarded with negative messaging, with those people who, when you get around, you know you become a different person and you start to act a different way and you say things that you never want to say. And listen, you are the sum total of the five people that you do life with. Uh, science will say that you'll make the average amount of money. Of the five people that you surround yourself with. I know that is speaking to somebody right now. Um, so if I understand that principle, that principle to be true, I need to take some personal responsibility and say, what were the five last text messages that I sent? And uh, if your hands are full right now, Uh, it's really hard to receive anything new. And so I'm not saying give up on people. I'm not saying walk out on people. I'm just saying maybe we let go of so much time that we've been sending them. And really what we're open to now that our hands are open, we're actually open to receiving new people in our life with new direction, with new vision, with new goals, with new aspirations. And all of a sudden I'm making new choices in my life. And it leads me to having a completely different version of my life.
0: Yes. I love that. All right, Nate, before we start wrapping things up, can you please uh, plug all your links so people know where to find you, follow you, buy that book, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. If you'd like to pick up the book, you can go to Amazon and type in you'll never change, or you can just type in Nate Dukes. Um, If you would like to buy a book for somebody and pay it forward, I work with several organizations where I'm able to give this book away for free. You can go to you'llneverchange.com slash pay it forward.
0: I love it. And I will put all these links, all the links and he's on Instagram. He's everywhere. So I'll put all the links in the show notes and I, you've already dropped a lot of wisdom, but I always ask my guests, any last words of wisdom or advice for the audience? Some like little like nugget of something you'd like to share before we say goodbye.
1: Absolutely. So if I could, if I can translate one piece of information is that yes, there's so many strategies in place to help you create a beautiful life. But the single most important skill that I've learned is how to cultivate gratitude. And before you write me off on this and say, here's another gratitude list kind of guy, just, just hear me out. Gratitude reminds us that what we have is enough, but more importantly, that we are enough. And gratitude doesn't necessarily change our life circumstances, but it will change us. And so if you can find a way to look for something, if you, if you were just honest with yourself in this moment and, and you took it easy and you said, there is something if I wanted to find to be grateful for. And so I just want to encourage you, cultivate gratitude and watch. Don't sleep on the power of it. Watch as your world begins to change.
0: I, I love that advice. And I, I apply that to my life daily. And even though it's been a rough week for me, I'm still trying to remind myself what I'm grateful for and just to keep myself in that that place of gratitude because it's a slippery slope. That's right. <laughs> Once you start giving up on those those core things that keep you in, you mentioned people say they want to be happy. Happiness is a personal responsibility. That's right. And when you start applying the principles of being gratitude for one thing in your life, that that happiness starts to grow inside organically. And so I think I, I love that. That was some really great words of wisdom. But Nate, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. You are definitely a dynamic storyteller. I was like drawn in. I'm like, tell me more. I want to hear more. So if you have another project coming up, anything like that, another book, something you'd like to share, please keep us up to date so we can yes. have back and, and get an update from you because I think that you're going to be doing great things. I appreciate that. Already, uh, well, it sounds like you already are. You're going to continue to do more. Sometimes we got to like go through that roughness to bring us to the, the other side of things because God knows right. I've been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been there. Didn't steal a car, but you know, I didn't dabble in the drugs and I was you know i'm a human trafficking survivor so i have all that stuff yeah but, yep. you know we are uh that does not define us we can only that's be, right you know become better it gives us the wisdom and, and we can our stories are, are very important to share so thank you very much
1: yeah thank you this was an incredible show and i'm so thankful to be here Woo-hoo!
0: On that note, you guys this is your host Deanna kempel with label free podcast to live your best life you must live label free please don't forget to subscribe like comment share follow all those good things and i'll be back soon with more dynamic guests